And welcome back, Dr. Lori Nadell with us, George Norrie with you. Lori, are cats or dogs more, I don't want to say accessible to this, but uh, are they into it better than the other breed? Um, you know, I've, I've had amazing connections with dogs and with cats uh, and with horses and lizards. Uh, so uh, it depends on the individual. I mean, there are uh, animals that don't respond um, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, I think you know. Again, we're we're, we're offering uh, when we go when we offer Reiki, we're really offering uh, kindness and comfort and reassurance, uh, not expecting anything. And so, um, an animal who's stressed or scared or in pain um, usually, or very often, usually, I think in my experience, appreciates that and and responds. Um, George, I also wanted to thank you because uh, recently you've had uh, three three very close friends of mine on the show. We've had uh, uh, Colonel Catherine Nadal, the medium. All right. Uh, I wrote the forward for her book, and she danced by the light of the moon. And um, it's a great uh, spiritual healer, Patty Conklin. And, of course, my um, skeptical, psychic, remote-viewing uh, road buddy, Nancy Dutertra. Well, Nancy uh, does a great job. One of the ads that you just ran. Uh, How to Talk to an Alien was uh, one of her books. She does a great job. Yeah. Now, when people go to AnimalReikiPlanet.com, what should they do? Um, you can click on the, they can read. Uh, they, there's a video, that, uh, that little animation that really uh, can ex- explains much better than I do. Uh, it shows what happens when somebody sits and offers Reiki to animals. Um, it, uh, it's uh, offered on the website with the courtesy of Animal Reiki Source, which is the organization founded by uh, Kathleen Prasad. Um, you can read about Reiki, what Reiki is, and you can click on any of the contact buttons. It will take you right to the page that has the contact form. It has uh, the phone number, 305-778-1772, where you can text me. Uh, please, no voicemail. Voicemail is not set up on that phone, though it's for text only. Um, or you can send me uh, a, a picture and a description of what's happening with your uh, animal friend. Um, if you need help, uh, if you're grieving, if you're um, having trouble uh, trying to decide how to proceed, if your animal is very, very sick um, and you'd like support, I'm an end-of-life doula for companion animals, and uh, I will be happy to sit with you and and be as much of a support as uh, as, a, as is possible for me to do. Okay, let's go to the phones. First-time caller Jan is with us in Seattle, Washington. Welcome to the program. Hi, Jan. Hey, Jan. A rescue dog. I've had him. Uh, he's 10. Um, I've had him for eight years, and when I got him, I was his fourth owner. And he's always been anxious. And now I've moved into senior living. He's with me, but he is a mess. And I'm not sure if Reiki would help or just what. Um, well, what is his name? Barney. Barney. Uh, what kind of dog is he? He's kind of a poodle, um, terrier mix. They're not quite sure. When you oh, say Janny's a mess, what do you mean by that? His anxiety level has generalized to just life. 
it used to be loud noises, thunder, firecrackers, and now it's just become, you know, he'll pace. Um, he just, his tongue's hanging out. He's just upset a lot of the time. And then when I leave the apartment, he will bark. So then, well, he, you know, people he, are complaining and that kind of thing. So. Oh. so he's in a strange place. I mean, this is a new place for him, right? Well, I've been here a year now, and he was fine in the beginning until 4th of July, and that set oh. everything off. Well, then it sounds like part of the anxiety could be uh, post-traumatic stress and that, you know, that the loud noise is kind of uh, thrown maybe his nervous system off balance and, um, you know, that that setting up a kind of startle response. Also, if you're in a new surrounding and there are people walking past the hall and there are different sounds than he was used to before, even though it's a year, um, something about the 4th of July seems to have triggered him. And uh, if you'd like to uh, text me or send, send me a picture, um, I can sit with him um, sometime in the next couple of days, and I'll text you or I'll email you and let you know when I'm going to uh, sit with him and offer Reiki. And then you can let me know whether it helps him to calm down. Laurie, we know why humans have anxiety, but why would a dog have anxiety? Well, the same reason. I mean, he feels unsafe. Um, something um, in the environment, it could be with with animals, it could be sensory-based, it could be smell, something smells different, it could be a sound, then dogs have, you know, tremendous hearing, could be hearing something um, in the hall, could be hearing something outside, Um, sudden loud noises can be very triggering, Um, something in the smell of the place could remind an animal of a previous place or a previous experience where something bad happened. You know, all of our emotions, and I think this, I, I, I don't know this for sure, but it probably is true for animals because emotions are stored in the limbic system, and the limbic system is the mammalian brain. So, um, you know, we have all kinds of cocktails of chemicals that are connected to our emotional memory. And um, it could, and that that can be triggered by any kind of a scent or a sound or a color or an image um, can can trigger a whole cascade of um, I call well they're called molecules of emotion that can kind of disrupt our physical well-being. If they were abused or beaten, same thing, I guess, right? Um, certainly, if they were abused, if they were, uh, like, um, um, Jan, you said that that. Uh, um, he was a rescue dog, and so um, I didn't ask, but I'm, I'm, if you rescued him, he probably had a difficult uh, childhood or uh, his early years. He may have been in foster care, may have been abandoned. I have a rescue cat that was abandoned by her family, and when she um, was found, when she, she ran into my, my, uh, my kid's house, and uh, we t- took her to the vet, and uh, she she had been shipped, but when the vet contacted the uh, the cat's owner, uh, the owner said that they didn't want her anymore, and so uh, we we ended up uh, adopting her. And um, you know anything like that that happens to an animal where they suddenly feel like they don't have a home, um, or they went from a friendly situation to an unfriendly situation, or they had to deal with uh, other animals that may have been more territorial. 
um, any of those things can cause anxiety in an animal, just like with people. Yeah. Let's go to Ruth in Maryland. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ruth. Hi, George, and hi, Lori. Um, and also, I wanted to thank Brendan for thanking me for um, my um, comments that night on his question. Oh, sure but anyway, um, Lori, I have a dog at my job that I work with. It's a therapy dog. Mm. And it's a retirement community. We're on the Patuxent. And over here in Maryland, we're real big on the terrapins, the turtles. Right. Um, I believe they're our state animal, and we have the terrapin research. And I really believe that this dog could be trained to find the turtle eggs because the people themselves have a hard time trying to do it. You know, it's just kind of a hit or miss guessing. And I was wondering if you had any suggestions to how I could train this dog to find the turtle eggs. You know, that's that's you got me stumped. Um, I I don't know. But I'd like to refer you, um, you can look them up online, Turtle Rescue of the Hamptons. And that is a refuge for turtles that have been wounded or injured that are in the wild, where I I do Reiki volunteering there. Um, And you can speak to somebody there. And I'm sure that if anybody knows how you can train your dog to to help find uh, turtle eggs, they will know or they will be able to put you in contact with somebody who knows. So you look up Turtle Rescue of the Hamptons. Lori, I had a turtle that had a crush on me. you got to hear this oh. story. It was taping <laughs> I, a, it was tape, I was taping a Beyond Belief television show with an animal communicator, uh. and she brought a turtle with her. Oh. And, she, and she said uh, she always stays in her shell and uh, very rarely sticks her head out or anything. But, George, she likes you. And I said, what do, you, what do you mean she likes me? And so every time I would get close to the little box she was in, she'd stick her little head up. She'd come walking up to me. She'd just poke her head out. And she just, I don't know if turtles smile, but she sure looked like she had a little smile on her face. Isn't that weird? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Well, when, I, when I've done uh, Reiki uh, sessions at Turtle Rescue of the Hamptons, um, the turtles that have been most responsive are the blind turtles, and they actually do smile, and they will they will climb over each other, and and they will stick their heads up as though they're sunbathing when I put my hands over the tank. I think the turtles, and and as I said, my first experience was with a little iguana that had been abused. Um, I think they respond to your energy. Uh, they they're obviously are able to sense something. The turtle was able to sense something about you. Let's go to John in Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Hey, John. Hello, George. Hello, Dr. Laurie. Hi. I have, um, I have two brief stories and a quick comment that supports all of Dr. Laurie's work. But foremost, I want to thank Dr. Laurie for her heart for animals. Absolutely wonderful. My wife and I have been married for 38 years. We have no children, no grandchildren. 13 years ago, my wife had a stroke. Four years ago, I went completely blind. Now, I tell you that not for sympathy, but to set the stage with our wonderful animals. We have a 150-pound Newfoundland, and we have a 7-pound Yorkie. About a month ago, my neighbor dropped off a stray cat that was just walking around in her neighborhood. She's not really a cat lady. She knows my wife and I love animals. So she dropped off the cat. This cat has been phenomenal. And as I'm talking to you, Dr. Laurie, he's on my lap purring like a freight train. So these animals have brought 
peace and joy to my wife that I cannot explain. So thank you for your work on that. My second story is about my 94-year-old mother who uh, about two months ago now transitioned to assisted living. Um, I live in the northern part of Wisconsin. She lives in the Milwaukee area, so I don't get down there very much. But when I did get down there a couple of weeks ago, spent time with her, she introduced me to her neighbor lady who has a cat and stays with her in the facility. And my mother was explaining how this cat has brought so much togetherness for the lonely residents. Some of them wouldn't even come out of their rooms. And the cat has been a conversation piece and just been a joy and a huge blessing uh, for my mother's uh, assisted living facility. And my final comment is, I just want to encourage everybody, if you know of anybody that's lonely or struggling and, and, and needs help, maybe bless them with a, a little kitty cat that you adopt from the Humane Society and start with that. You may not think it would work, but I can attest to you it will bring peace, joy, love, and harmony to this person. And again, uh, Dr. Lori, thank you for your work, and George, thank you for taking my call. Thank you, John. Thank you. It's a great call. Thank you. Next up, let's go to... Uh, Liz Marie in Fullerton, California. Welcome to the show. Hey, Liz, go ahead. Hello? Mm-hmm. Oh, she is gone. Called up. Let's go to Joe in Long Island, New York. Hey, Joseph, go ahead. Yeah, hello. Very interesting conversation, Laurie. I have a couple of questions. Second, on the dreams. But on the animals, uh, have you counseled people, and I'll give two scenarios. One is people that hike in uh, national parks on the longer trails, all worried sometimes about a bear popping up out of nowhere. Uh, sometimes they carry pepper spray. Uh, that would be one scenario. And say an Amazon delivery person, say a woman, you know, at least where I am, they put the stuff right on the stoop. Uh, and sometimes people have, say, a pet, maybe a dog that they're unfamiliar with that might bark at them. How would you counsel those people? Uh, then on the dreams, uh, say, for example, uh, with an act, teasing out dreams, say, you know, someone is doing an activity by themselves, say, for make it like, say, swimming in an ocean and higher waves in a the dream there navigating higher waves alone versus a dream where there's other people, strangers swimming next to them. Do you put significance on the, on that, you know, where uh, there's a meaning to other people are doing the activity as opposed to in the dream you're doing the activity by yourself and no one else is around? Well, they're both very cool questions, so I, I thank you. The, uh, Anyone who goes hiking on the Appalachian Trail or in any any activity um, in the wild or in the woods um, really needs to learn and prepare and speak to rangers, watch videos, um, and, and to learn what to do if you do encounter a wild animal when there's nobody uh, else around. Um, I can't advise anybody as to uh, whether or not to carry pepper spray. Um, I think in general, you're supposed to just stay very, very still. Um, In indigenous cultures, they very often believe that if an animal comes up to you, a wild animal comes up to you and makes eye contact with you, that that animal is a power animal that has a message for you um, and, and may also be um, in some cultures, the, the reincarnation of a healer or a shaman. 
So um, if somebody like me happened to uh, come across or, or be uh, be met by a wild animal while taking a hike in the woods, uh, which I don't do anymore, but I used to, um, I would stay very still and I would try to make eye contact and see what, if anything, I, I picked up from that connection. Um, there's always something that we can learn from any kind of a connection with an animal, but it's important to know how to behave for our own safety. So that was, I think, your first question. Um, about the, I'm not sure I understand the question about the Amazon delivery person. Um, are you asking what to do to advise the delivery person, or you're asking what could be done to help the animal, the dog, to stay calm? Yeah, yeah, they they do get, uh, they, they're uncertain as, as to what to do, I think, if you're a delivery person, and, you, you know, you don't want to upset the run. owner of the house. Yeah, you know, yeah. Should you, you know, and you're supposed to be doing a job. Right. You know, so it's a dilemma, I think. Um, well, I think it's you know it, it's it's always tricky because again you have some um, animals that are more highly strung I guess and they're more sensitive to people they don't know. So I I, I guess if you um, have a have a dog that gets triggered or barks very loudly and kind of spooks the mailman or spooks the Amazon delivery person, um, you could uh, you know try to. Um, you could you you would certainly put a, I would certainly put a notice up for the delivery person to say you know my dog barks but he or she's harmless so that you know the the delivery person won't get spooked and then I would really try to work on um, helping the dog to feel safe and calm uh, maybe take the dog out for a walk uh, when there's an Amazon truck in the neighborhood so that the dog can become familiar with what the truck looks like and what the delivery people look like without having any direct encounters. Um, that might help, you know. Um, that's a good, good idea, question. too, Lori. That's a good that's idea. A good question. Um, and about dreams, I, I mean, it's a fascinating question because um, in, in Jungian work and Gestalt work, we say that every part of the dream is part of us. So when we dream about being in the ocean, the ocean represents uh, emotions, usually unconscious emotions beneath the surface. And so if you're in an ocean by yourself, um, you know, you're, you're, uh, you may be feeling alone. Uh, you may be feeling, it depends how the ocean is, the ocean in your dream. Is it a calm ocean? Is it a turbulent ocean? Um, that tells you a lot about your relationship with your own emotions and with your own inner world. And when there are other people in the water with you, like uh, lifeguards, for example, or uh, surfers, um, those would represent parts of yourself. That Laurie, are we're going to take a break here and come back and wrap things up with final calls next. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with Dr. Laurie Dedell. Laurie, what do you recommend people do to kind of de-stress themselves? Well, <laughs> I think it's really important to recognize that um, we all need to do self-care and, and we, we need to have a practice where we spend, I would say, 10 to 15 minutes a day just focusing on um, things that cause us to, that help us to feel relaxed, whether it's uh, taking a bath, listening to music. Um, some people do yoga. Some people like to meditate. I like to swim. Um, 
I, I think it's important to, if you can, if if you like to meditate or if you like to do uh, guided journeys or visualization, that you do some kind of practice where you relax your mind um, as well as your body, and that's what research shows that we need. Um, we need 20 minutes of mind-body relaxation to reset our nervous system and our immune system, lower cholesterol, lower lower our blood pressure. Because um, during times of high stress, like this coming year, uh, stress causes inflammation, and inflammation causes health problems. So there's a real biomechanical, you know, kind of very simple correlation to this. Now, if you cross your hands over your chest and you pat very gently on your lungs, we call it an acupressure technique. It's called butterfly hugs. I think Prince Harry demonstrated it to uh, Oprah. He called it binaural brain entrainment, but I learned it as butterfly hugs. And when you do that very gentle patting on your lungs, having crossed your, your arms over your chest, over the midline, it balances out both sides of the brain, and you'll feel your shoulders relax, and you'll kind of um, you'll take a deep breath, and you'll kind of feel yourself go, ah, and you'll, you'll, get, you'll give that sigh of release. And um, I highly recommend butterfly hugs throughout the day because it does engage your parasympathetic nervous system and it shuts down the stress response. We have to learn how to do this for ourselves just like we take vitamins. Back to the phones we go. Carol in Massachusetts, welcome to the show. Hi, Carol. Hey, Carol. Hi, George. Thank you so much for taking my call. My grandson, when he was little, grew up with me, and I've been listening to to you for years. He's 20 years old now, and he told me, Emma, I used to wake up when I was little, and I'd hear your radio, and it made me comfortable, and I'd go back to sleep. But the reason I'm calling tonight is about my horse, Mama Mia. She's a thoroughbred mare, and she has a, a wound in her mouth. It's like an ulcer. And I'm, I tried to get her up to Tufts this past um, Monday, but it was a rainy day, and the girl who was transporting said she couldn't bring her. But I've had the vet out three times, and she's given an antibiotic twice. But I'm, I'm just wondering if Dr. Laura has any input on that. I'm trying to get another appointment up there. The only reason I know she had the wound, because she's still eating and pooping and drinking, but she didn't want to put the bridle on. She put her head up so high that I could barely get it on. So I did further investigation. It's on the right side, lower jaw area, and I don't know, you know, what caused it. And also right now she seems to be drooling a little bit, mm. and, it's go, you know, it's on her fetlock there. Um, so I'm cleaning that off on a regular basis, but I didn't know if you had any input on that, doctor. Well, uh, Carol, I'd like to invite you to um, either te- text me a picture or um, email me at animalreikiplanet at gmail.com. Um, send me uh, your email or, or your uh, phone number. And uh, if you like, I'd like to sit with her and uh, offer her Reiki and see um, if that uh, if that helps her with healing or if she may have any uh, message for you possibly. Okay, thank you very much. My pleasure. Okay, thank you, Carol. Thank Appreciate you, you being Thank you for all you do. Absolutely, and more to come. James is with us in Virginia. Welcome to the show. Hey, James. Hey, James. Hey, George. Good to talk to you again. You too. Hey, um, you know, Lori, uh, there's a lot of things she's saying that are consistent with my experiences. And um, I always have to say the name of the book is the Holy Spirit, I believe, helped me write the book. Is that okay, George? Yep. Well, that's with an angel and a rainbow. And the, and the rest of it is 
after that, it says evidence of Jesus' love for both humans and their animals. Because originally, this was not only about my mother in the ICU and an angel being there for her last question, and she had there was a lot of stuff with her before she died that, that made her a miracle at a hospital, they said. But the uh, but, but her, one of her animals I inherited lived to be 24 years old. Another two years after I saw after I took him in and I told him, George, it was uh, Proverbs 17 says, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bone. Well, I read that in my mind. God put in my mind, uh, or Jesus put in my mind, uh, however you want to say it, uh, that compliments are medicinal. And when I started complimenting him, because they said that he would last, it was Saturday, he said the doctor said the best that he'd last till Monday. Well, it lasts till Monday because he had feline leukemia and two other things that were uh, very dangerous for the cat. He lived another two years because they started complimenting him on how wonderfully his fur looked, how beautiful he was. He all recuperated from that. So this Proverbs 17 is telling people if their animals are sick, compliment them. It'll do them good. And when he died in the cat, oh, and I had a cat too, another cat. After that, after I wrote the book, after it been out, I couldn't find the cat. It, it was a feral cat, and I had finally... I tried to get rid of all these fleas she had embedded in her, and when and she had run off after I gave her this bath, and I, I didn't know if she ran off because she didn't like me or because it was something unhealthy for her. And about five years later, I got a call from the neighbor that she had crawled, crawled up in the, under her their house and had and was and had died there. So I mm. told Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for at least letting me know what happened that it wasn't me she's running away from, uh, like some people. Would. Well, what happened was when I went to my driveway. I got a, I had to pay my personal property tax, and both numbers for it was a confirmation number for paying the tax were 118, 134, and 118, 134, 118 in that order. Those are the two numbers in my book uh, that are so important in my book, uh, George and Laurie. And, and those are the ones that, that um, I was given. Well, when I called to get the confirmation number, I thought maybe I'll get it and show as a proof in my next update to my book. It wasn't those six numbers. So the numbers the Lord gave me for confirmation number showed that whatever confirmation number of me is supposed to mean to me is confirmed by Jesus that he knows my cat died and he was wanting me to know that he's concerned about what, you know, the cat and, and whatever happens after our life if we get to see the cat again. But well, at least you got your closure, and that's important, yeah, isn't it, Lori? Very beautiful. Very beautiful. And, um, you know, I've seen it. It's true. I've seen feral cats really respond when they're spoken to gently, when they're told that they're beautiful, when they know that they're loved. And I think that that's really, you know, we're talking about, you know, offering Reiki. A lot of what we're doing is just offering, as I said, unconditional kindness, support, and love and safety um, to any animals so that they know that they're not forgotten. And I'm sure that your animals, your cat, knew that uh, you loved her very much. I bet. Let's go to first-time caller Linda in Inglewood, California. Hi, Linda. Go ahead. Hi, Linda. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much, George. Sure. Um, I, I, I'm so grateful to have this chance to share with everybody a, a word of hope that um, finally came to me. I mean, I've been a Christian all my life, and, and I've read the Book of Romans many, many times, and especially the eighth chapter, which is a very important doctrinal chapter. But all of a sudden, just a few years ago, for the first time, Romans eight eighteen through twenty five hit me right between the eyes because it 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 definitely says the animals are going to be in heaven. Mm-hmm. It says that the entire creation waits in eager expectation for the revealing of the sons of God because it will be liberated from its bondage to decay. The whole creation it's mentioned seven times the creation 
um, it will be uh, brought into the freedom and glory of heaven, basically. And it's been groaning in the pains of childbirth. And it just keeps talking about hope, 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 that the last few verses talk about hope about four or five times. But it's so wonderful. When I think of futility and decay, I think of animals, you know, all the lab animals and all the animals who never have one day of happiness in their entire lives. And I was a rescuer of animals when I was just a little bitty girl. Good for and, you. Um, I'm one of those people who's probably always a little bit depressed because I know so much about factory farmed animals and uh, too much about, you know, what happens um, at the Yulin Festival and all these things. And, and, uh, and yet I have so much hope and so much joy. And the thing that keeps me sane is, is the idea that, that this scripture really promises us that they are going to be there. And the other one is First Corinthians 2.9. Everybody should have it memorized. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and it hasn't entered into man's imagination what God has prepared for those who love him. And that's just that just keeps me from going insane. That's well said, Linda. What do you think, Lori? That's beautiful. Thank you, Linda. Very beautiful. Let's go to Mike, truck driving in California. Michael, go ahead. Hey, George. Um, rest in peace, Ian Punnett. Thank and, you, Mike. Um, so this story I've been wanting to call in and tell about, I know this is about an animal's topic, um, but uh, rest in peace to my friend Christopher Scow. He's my best my best friend. I grew up with him. He's like a brother to me. And um, he had died on my daughter's birthday, uh, which was 6'4", uh, last year. And 6'4", um, and, and is my birthday, Mike. June 4th? Yep. Wow. Yeah, I listen to your show every night. Uh, I just truck drive from Reading to Sacramento and back. But... Um, so about like I can't remember how many years it was a long like quite a quite a long time. Um, I had a dream that my friend died, Chris. Uh, but in the dream, I was at his funeral and he called me on my phone, which was weird. He called me from the dead. Mm-hmm. I answered. I answered it and because you had talked about you know dreams that come true. Yeah. And I answered the phone in the dream and I said, Chris, I thought you're dead. And he said, Yeah, it's all good, but I'm all right, man. And that was the end of the dream. And in the dream, you know, all the family is standing around, like, wearing black and stuff. It was a funeral. Yeah. And um, the very next day, which is gets even weirder, I'm at the skate park because I was skateboarding. And um, one of our friends was there sitting on the bench, and he's never there, which is really weird. And uh, he had said to me, I was like, hey, man, what's up? Have you seen Chris? Because I haven't seen Chris for a while. And he's all, yeah, that fool died, man. I said, what do you mean? He's all, yeah, he got shot. And I said, shut up, dude, quit playing. He's like, no, I'm serious. He got shot. And so I started skating to my car as quick as I could to go grab my phone. He's like, I'm just joking, dude. I'm just joking. This was the next day after that dream. And so, like, I don't know how many years later, eight, could be five, ten, eight years, something like that. It was a long time, but, yeah, my friend died. Um, So, you know, it was like, I don't know if it was, like, something from the future that was going to happen. Uh, he died of a drug overdose. Um, yeah, so. What a uh, story, that, Mike. That's that's yeah, incredible. I'm, I'm so right? sorry. Well, maybe you know you were your 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 dreaming mind 
was trying to prepare you even you know remember we 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 live in our waking world we we live in in you know sequential time things have you know beginning a middle and an end you know we 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 tell time by by numbers um you know we think in terms of hours and minutes and days uh but in the spirit world there's no time and so you know something uh by some by some means your dreaming mind was was giving you that information that your friend was going to die and even though it didn't happen in linear time until years later your 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 spirit your heart your your mind knew that this was coming that you had been given that information and that that strange, you know, synchronicity with a meaningful coincidence where the uh, friend was sitting on the bench the next day making, um, you know, kind of a weird joke about Chris dying. Um, it could be another little kind of like a little flag to say, pay attention, pay attention, because um, your friend is going to pass. Would you call his dream precognitive or I something else? I would call it precognitive. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and again, you know, we, we don't always, you know, we don't always get a timetable in the dream uh, when, but, but we do, you know, we do kind of put a pin in it and we do remember um, it will go back to that dream. And why did I have that dream? And he's still here or she's still here. Uh, but the memory of the dream, the information in that dream stays with us. And I think it affects also uh, sometimes how we interact with that person. We may we may find that our time with that person is more meaningful because on some level we're aware and in a very poignant way of the message of the dream that we had. Lori, once again, thank you for being on the program. Good luck with everything you do. And if there's anything we can do to help you, you let us know. Thank you so much, George. I really appreciate being your guest. And thank you to everybody who listened. And I uh, really appreciate your support. George, over the years, thank you so much. The website is animalreikiplanet.com, and you can also text her a picture of your animal to get things rolling, 305-778-1772. Don't forget on our next Coast to Coast program tomorrow night, the last half will be a special tribute to the life of Ian Punnett, who passed away at 63. For Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean LaDesour, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burles, Tim Bunall, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett. I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.